You're listening to Were You Still Talking? Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Were You Still Talking? This is Joel Albrecht. In my studio today, I have Chris White, who is a, what am I, what do I call it? He is a mainstay on the audio video production um, media areas of Eugene. You can find him all over the place. He's worked for many different companies and he shows, uh, he has shown up on many sets that I've shown up on. These are things that you may never see, but we both worked on them and uh, we worked just as hard as if it was a hit movie or TV show. So it's uh, really great to have him here. I know almost nothing about him, which is a fun thing to do on a podcast. I like to find out what people are like. He, I think he asked to be on the show. So I said, sure. Let's have you on. Let's have a conversation. What's going on? Nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, I. you know very little about me, and I feel like I know more about you because of times I've edited things you were in. So anytime oh, I see you in right. person, I go, oh, it's Joel. Like, your personality reminds me of my father's personality and it's one of those things that's like ah, whatever you want me to go on your show let's go talk you know like but i always forget you don't see me as much as i see you or i saw you you know like, oh yeah I, I do forget that people have to edit those things that i am in hours did that, that, that I, <laughs> I don't remember at all yeah <laughs> yeah and then and, i'm sorry no no it's, sorry. I, no it's not you i actually one day would like to see you watch the stuff that we've done just so i can see you know like what you thought you know like i would love what is that show called um blackader show Oh, um, is it out of focus? Out of focus. Out of yes. focus. Sorry. I cannot believe I came up with that because I usually forget. Uh, honestly, so, like yeah. I, I, I can see images and I can see bits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just been two and a half years, I think, when I when I was editing them, and I was editing them on my di- time off from editing at the company I was at. Oh, wow. And so, like, I would get home after you know I do forty hours a week plus whatever editing and filming, and then I'd be editing that. You know, trying to piece it together. And I wasn't a part of the process of creating it. I wasn't there for filming it. I wasn't, you know, I knew nothing. So I had to just immerse myself watching everything and going, okay, read the script, see what's the same, see what's different, see what I think is funny. But. Wow. That, that's, um, I was trying, it's funny. I was trying to remember if you had been on that shoot because you're on so many shoots, especially with Nick. And, uh, the last episode was, um, the VR shop and uh-huh. I didn't edit oh, right, that. Right. Yeah. I didn't edit that one. Um, we, he gave it to me, but it wasn't finished. Yeah. He wanted to do a couple shots, uh, of me dancing with the headset on doing ballet or something. And he still wants to do it, even though I feel like I don't look the same. Like I'm a lot bigger now and I was a lot younger i guess it's amazing how people don't notice i just watched i just finally watched a movie a christmas movie that uh, everyone's always talking about and um love actually I yeah oh watched, yeah, yeah i just watched that it really it was the second time but i had forgotten i watched it before and the kid ages like um it looks like a year or two between when they're at home and when they get to the airport to chase the the girl at the end you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like movies they really think no one notices and yeah i i 
same thing when I was doing Out of Focus. We would do a scene, you know, and then it would be months later before we did that scene again. And I, yeah, there's no way I look the same. I even saw in the few things that I saw. So we're t for anyone listening or watching this, we're talking about a, t a YouTube series that I did that uh, probably won't get ever be seen. So we're talking about something. I you think will it will be it? one day. Yeah. Okay. Um, they showed the uh, episode two at a festival mm -hmm. and people liked it. Um, Sam edited that. I, I I think it was episode two. It was like the beekeepers and like Blackadder had the bee outfit. And Oh, yeah, that one's really... I think that's like the fifth episode or something. Oh, it, no, I thought the fifth was the VR one. The VR was the fifth oh, one. Oh, okay. We didn't finish that one. Right. Um, that's because we needed to do FX. We needed to do a, a lot more and then things happened. I think right. so. Um, I There's a lot going on with me. Like that was the last yeah. week I had that VR shop. Right. So like we could never go back and film anything yeah. afterwards, you know, to recapture that. Um, and he wanted a last shot of me doing ballet with the VR with uh, Nick Pimble. Nick Pimble's in the toilet. He's playing VR in the bathroom. And me and him are doing a game together, I guess a dancing game. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it was supposed to well, end it. But I haven't seen anything okay. of it. You know, but I, I get reminded of the pictures, you know. Right. It was a fun day. Right. So you, I was looking at your, uh, your website. First of all, what is the, what is the name you use for your website? PDNOS? Yeah. It's, what? it's like a PTSD. It's a, a oh. little thing. It means mm -hmm. personality disorder, not, uh, not other specified. Personality disorder, not other specified. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Basically, uh, I saw it one day and I was like, this is you know, I got, I got diagnosed that I think at one point. So I was like, you know, just live with it. You know, PD, PDNOS, you know, PDNOS. Oh, wow. And like, it's like .com, but like .ninja. I was like, yeah. .ninja. Well, I don't want people to think it's a website. You know what I mean? Like, I, well, not mm -hmm. a website. Like I don't want, I'm not trying to get people to, to buy stuff off of it. Right. It's just someplace like. You know, I've worked with so many different people and everybody has their own stuff and, and most of it's on YouTube or Vimeo and that thing will allow me to just take their YouTube link and put a link to their place. So if our, like me and you did a video and you put it on YouTube, I could take your YouTube you know, uh, link right. and put it in there and with the click of my webpage, you'll go to your link. So I'm not, I'm not gaining any views. I'm not mm -hmm. gaining any likes. You're gaining all the views. You're gaining all the likes, you know, it's just something where I can go back and remind myself I'm doing stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're doing, it seems like you're doing a lot. All right, let's, um, are you, are you doing stuff now? Are you working for a company now or are um, you freelance? Right or? now I'm, I'm doing editing and i just got done filming for a utilities company down in roseburg okay um i got a couple more shoots in january and stuff that we're getting into um voiceover work i've been working with this company where i've been doing these microsoft 365 tutorial videos for them oh nice yes i don't think i'm the greatest voiceover actor especially for like um tutorials but i mean 
work is work and I appreciate any offers they can get, you know. If they like my voice, then so be it. Let's continue doing it. Well, yeah, if they like your voice. Yeah. No, but no one's hired me to do voiceover. I've applied for tons of things. No one's... <laughs> I've, never, I've uh, never gotten hired to do any voiceover. I've done some here and there just, you know, for films that I was part of. But uh, but you're playing yourself. and Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. Playing a character. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Mine is like, it's a cartoon. It's like, oh, Microsoft cool. 365 has uh -huh. loops. Come on, loops. You push play. Da, da, da. You know, it's the directions of how to use... And I don't read well and I don't speak well. So it's kind of like for me to do voiceover work, I'm like, okay, you know, like, I don't think this is my talent, but uh -huh. I'll do it, you know, but I've done a lot, you know, I did choirs a lot. I did dancing a lot. I did theater. I did video production. Like, So have you always done this kind of stuff? Because uh, you have done a lot, I, you know, you've done you've done a lot of videos and a lot of uh, well, you've done everything. You've done camera work, you've done sound, obviously you've done editing, you've done acting. How long? When did you start doing all this stuff? Uh, when I was a kid, um, I s had cameras, you know, and mm -hmm. I had a little Ninja Turtle camera where you take little pictures. You know, I don't remember if you know that. Remember that film? It had like those two knobs and like the little bar above it. It, it wasn't. Like, a, it wasn't film film. It was like kids film, I guess. Uh -huh. I don't know. But I used to have one of those, and I would take pictures and take videos of my toys and put them together. And, you know, that was middle school, you know. And I traveled a lot because my parents were in the military. So I spent a lot of time by myself with my cameras trying to capture everything I'm losing. You know, like, oh, I'm never going to live here again. Take oh. pictures of my, whatever I can to remind myself, you know, I lived in... Long Beach or Seal Beach or whatever you want to call it. Uh -huh. And then, you know, Antioch, I live in Antioch. And then years later, I'd be moving to another place. And finally, I ended up in Oregon. You know, my parents retired and, you know, I didn't know what to do besides take pictures. They gave me a job. I got a job. And, and then I ended up in theater for like my senior year. Because I really was like, look at me, you know, type hmm. person, you know, I uh -huh. wanted people to notice me, you know, and yeah, I, I wasn't good, you know, I couldn't read, I couldn't speak well, you know, people, you know, I directed a play once and I got interviewed by the newscaster, which was a bad idea. Really? And like, yeah. <laughs> supposedly it was all over the news and I, I said nothing and it was just yeah, people came to me later the other day. Go, my parents had no idea what you were saying. You know, like that's how bad I was, like speaking to people. You uh -huh. know, and then got out of it. My mom thought it was a dumb idea. Not a dumb idea. It wasn't logical to try to be in entertainment. And um, joined the military. I left, and I just never thought about going back to it. Mm -hmm. I had a video camera, so I videotaped. You know. I took pictures in Iraq and Kuwait and Egypt and, you know, had a video camera for like the Asian countries I was at, you know, mm -hmm. Okinawa and, and Singapore and all these places. So I kind of still liked it, but I never thought about it as a career. It was just something I always did was take pictures. And I got out of the Marine Corps and a couple of years in community college, somebody's like, you know, you really should do theater. Like you have that, you know, thing. And I was like, nah, I can't memorize stuff. I can't read really well. You know, like I'm dyslexic and 
Like, I just, it's not for me. They're like, well, you just do it. Meet this dude named Patrick Torelli. Take one of his classes and you'll be good. And then first day in his class, he looked at me and was like, we have auditions for uh, roles for this U of O slash Lane production called Mm -hmm. uh, Three Penny Opera. I don't know if you've ever heard of that play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I played a bum. And I was like, they're like, you don't have to have any words. And I was like, no words. You can ah, improv me. No words. And I there was just like 100% into it. And yeah, after that, like, they just kept on asking me to do things. And every single time I would take on more, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I ended up stage managing and putting on shows and doing all that crap. And, and then I kind of thought, you know, maybe we should make a production company and kind of tried to do that stuff but when you try to put on something big it it falls flat if it ain't stable you know right right i've tried that many times try to do many production companies you know or like you know projects Uh uh-huh but never takes you know yeah that's hard that's a lot of work i um i've made a lot of short films and um as you know because you've done stuff on a lot of them (laughs) um and like these some of these really fast films are just they're they're kind of hard to be a part of because you don't know what you don't have any time to to prepare at all um but i loved working with nick nick blackater because he uh he does what i guess some actors are always annoyed by but he just reads you the line Hmm. and then you read it back to him and i've worked at several of them because i'm not i've never been good at memorizing stuff and I had to memorize, I was in a four-person play at the Very Little Theater where there was only four of us, so I'm literally four, a fourth of the play. Yeah. I, did, I really didn't think I could do it. And every, every time before I went on stage, I was like running my lines. You know, it's not like I ever stopped running lines until I was completely done with the play. Um, but it's, it's tough. Memorizing lines is, is hard for most people. Some people just can remember anything, but it's it's really hard uh, anyway it was so fun because you would show up and he would say okay you're this and uh and i would get the script and read through it and uh, and then i would just kind of go okay i kind of got the idea because i knew every scene he was gonna you know for Be every cut he would say well here's the line and i would just say it back to the camera or wherever see that's so weird yeah. i can't do that i have to rehearse because even if you try to feed me lines if they're lines that i don't say normally I'm not going to say them correctly. Like it has to be a part of my verbiage. Like, I think that's why I have to rehearse. Like I, Jesse, my partner, she, when we used to do theater, we would go on walks and she would be the one that memorized the whole monologue. The first couple of times going through it, Uh it would take me each day would be a new sentence. You know, right? I and, do know. I yeah. I, I mean, I yeah. I did. I get it. And I totally. And then when I get confident on it, when putting the book down, then I'll do it where I think it's correct, and it'll be like eighty percent verbatim. And she will correct me. You're saying this. You should say this. And then I have to not, then tweak that twenty percent. You know, to make it like one hundred percent verbatim. But I have to play it so many different voices, so many different tones, so many, like I have to juggle the words. So by a week from now, they're my words, you know, and I I played with them so much. I've, I've played with the cadences and, and it, 
but if you feed me a line and I don't say it regularly, I'm not, it's not going to come out the way you want it. You know? Oh, okay. I can always just feed lines back. But if I have time, I mean, I much prefer to rehearse. Yeah. If I can re- <laughs> rehearse, that's great. It's just done so many, so many times when you shoot something, because I've done educational films, I've done commercials, I've done these short films that we do, even with uh, Out of Focus. Um, I knew not to remember the lines because they were going to change when I got there, you yeah. know, doing, doing a series. I knew if I, I should remember the idea, but I know this is not going to be the line when I show up, you yeah. know, it's very, very likely. Um, so I'd kind of loosely remember it. Um, if I have time, I love it. And I do the same thing. I, I actually get, we- <laughs> I actually do. I try and make it as bizarre as possible. Like, mm. I will try it every which way, ways you're never going to use. You know, obviously, you're never going to say it that way. But I just do that to help. It helps get it in my head somehow. I'll say it like a cartoon character or something. Or just all these weird ways, you know. Yeah, say, you were doing you know. it on that last shoot we were on, the 72. Um, and you were, yeah, you were saying that, too. I, I could relate to that. I just can't pick it up as fast as you. Like, I, ha- I have to sleep. And then mm-hmm. the next morning, all that stuff that I practiced that day, um, will come like naturally it, it feels right. natural and like but if you try to feed me a line it wouldn't feel natural to me and because it doesn't feel natural it doesn't look natural you know i remember we filmed the silence um that was his first little big movie thing that mm-hmm. he was getting a um, million views now yeah you know it I still mean, blows me have away have you seen it uh yes yeah i saw it do you yeah. recognize me yeah. in it i can't remember i had a I, beard i cannot and long I, hair uh-huh my name was Ben Johnson. I called myself Big Ben Johnson. I had a leather jacket and backwards little little hat that he put on. I uh-huh. was the friend who had the the book. Read the book. Oh right. Did you read the book? Yeah. No. That was such a good time. But even then, when he was trying to feed me lines that weren't whatever, I, it just wouldn't come out. Like I would have to live it. You know. Like I think that's what theater kind of ingrained in me is like the muscle movements is what helps me remember. Right. Like the blocking. Right. And with some film, you don't really have much blocking. So I have to like make my blocking without them knowing. Right. Even if it's small movements. Yeah. Like even the 72 hour, if you've seen it, like there's times where I take off my glasses before a certain line, mm-hmm. rub, my, rub my eyes and stuff. It's because I need to have those movements to remind myself um, you're being seen and you have a. Um, what is it? Uh, turns, you know, it's your turn to say something and do something. Oh, and, right. And then, right. But, and so in between those things, I know my character is still alive, but you know, it might be bad for the editor. The editor is probably thinking to himself, stop moving, you know, stop rubbing your eyes, you know, but as long as I did it in every single line that was supposed to be, I would think it would be good for the editor because continuity would still be there. It's not just random. Not, I think if, yeah, if you're doing the same move every time, I don't edit much, so I don't know, but that should be good. That should be fine. And I mean, I don't know. You edited it out of focus. It seemed like that would have been a nightmare because it doesn't, I don't remember any take. Well, for one, it seems like we only did about two takes max. Sometimes. And I don't remember takes being the same at all. Like we would always be trying something new. So that's got to be, that's got to be tough. I didn't mind that because I felt like there was so many moving parts, you know what I mean? You just have to capture, you know, put in the funniest of those, you know, reactions of everybody. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, people sometimes like my editings. People sometimes don't, you know. Some people 
get the jokes that I'm trying to to hit, you know, and some right. people go, well, I mean, it makes sense, but it, uh, you know, I don't think it's funny, which, you know, it's, it's, you know, people have their own opinions. Yeah, everyone has their own opinion. I, I always thought it would be very hard to, um, I, I see a lot of people, because we work sort of on, honestly, a small scale, you mm -hmm. know, small budgets, small scale projects. And I see a lot of people wanting to edit their own, or always like they're direct and they're write it, direct it, um, do the editing. And I, it, it's, I wonder if maybe it would be better if someone else edited it and then first, and then they, you know, fix what they didn't like, because sometimes it maybe seems like too much, especially, uh, I mean, if there's a reason that movies are made by a team of people, because mm -hmm. everyone's really good at what they do. Right. They, they, and a lot of smaller films are made by one person. And that person has to be a really, really good to do the whole thing. Yeah. And it's, it, it's much, much harder. I mean, not everyone's Robert Rodriguez, you know, yeah. where they can. <laughs> well, like Kevin Smith, where he's, uh, yeah, or uh, Kevin he's Smith. doing his rough cut of the day he shoots, you know? Right. Yeah. And he's like, in the day. Yeah. That's same Not day. anymore. No, no, but, no nowadays yeah. he still does. You're, it's Does a lot he? easier with digital, you know. You could just download it to your home computer or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. if you like to edit, like I do, it's not even a chore. Like it's it's like, you know, catching balls, you know, catching baseballs with you, your friend or whatever in the backyard. Like, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you could do that for hours if you really like catching the baseballs and stuff, and not even know that you you threw a ball for hours. It's kind of like uh, editing with me sometimes is like that, but I'm very picky. Like. Uh -huh. Like, I like editing good stuff over polishing turds, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I really don't like editing. It's one of the reasons I do this live, because mm. it, editing drives... I had some jobs where I was doing audio editing, where I was taking out the ums, ums, and... Yeah, and, all the little <laughs> snacks and stuff, yeah. Everything like that, through like a two-hour recording. It, it would be like a conference, basically. So someone is speaking at a conference... And they want every um taken out through the entire... Now we can do it with AI. One good thing about AI, although stuff scares me. But, uh, you know, now we can set up AI to do that. Um, I thought you could do it... Uh, last time I edited a podcast, I thought that I could go in and tell the AI, okay, just take these out. It doesn't do that in my program. It just tells me where they are. Oh. I'm like, well, okay, but that still gives me an hour or two of editing. Yeah, <laughs> so, at least you don't have to find them, I guess. At least you, know? you don't have to find them, and it, that's quicker. And probably there's a plugin that I could download that would just take them out. See, know? the good yeah, thing, though, is you should just go back to but, the day where people thought about what they said and don't say ums and, and, and smack their mouths, you know? It's really hard, I notice, not to smack your mouth when you're not, when you don't have a script. You know, we, uh, the ums is definitely a, I think it's an American thing more than anything. I think, I think it just creeped into our vocabulary where for some reason, no one wants to take a pause. No one wants silence. No one wants silence in a conversation. See, I took a pause and you jumped right in. <laughs> just to say it's something. It's just natural. It's just like. No, we can't have a pause here. We're not meditating. We must talk. I, I think that's a, a lot of what ums are. And if you watch uh, speakers that, like I just did a, uh, if you watch people speak in this kind of conversation, that's what it is. That every time you think, you think you have to fill that blank in with a, an um, which is, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I, 
I sorry, um, listeners, I leave them in, but uh, because I don't want to edit for hours, and I don't have anyone that I can pay to take them all out. So yeah, I just and I don't know if people notice, but you notice when they're not there. Like it sounds way more intelligent, um, right? If if the if someone's not doing that. It really so in my last I do videos for the flight simulator too. So I did a recently did one. They're only about twenty minutes, so it's easier. But I took almost all of them out. I you know, they're I don't talk through the whole video, but it's one of the few times and I know it's noticeable. Like, you know, you sound people don't know what it is, but you you'll sound smarter, like you were saying. Yeah, I did that for corporate videos too. Because, yeah. you know, they don't know what they're yeah. saying. You ask them a question, like and it's so funny because every time we did videos, we always have to set people up with the same things is I'm going to ask you a question, give it a second to breathe. And then when you respond, respond with that question that I asked with you uh, in the beginning. So if I say, what is your favorite color? Don't just say red's my favorite color, blah, 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 blah. Like it's going to be hard to, for me to edit and transition that into anything. So you would say, my favorite color is red. Da, da, da. And then it, it leads on to the conversation. A lot of people still mess that up. Like they're so nervous. They don't know what they're going to say. They, most of them don't even want to be in front of a camera. And, you know, you have to do it anyways. It's your job. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the thing is I, I love entertainment. And I, I used to teach when you know, I taught at the high school. I taught at the college at times. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I, I was always in the theater. I was in the theater for like nine years, you know, like it seemed, well, yeah, about nine years. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. once I tried to do a TV show, um, I kind of dropped all the theater stuff. Like I tried to bring some people with me as a cast, mm -hmm. but when you're not doing theater stuff and you're doing video production stuff, kind of leave the theater, you know, like, and I, I, I've gone back, but I'm, I'm so... I have a uh, abandonment issues or whatever where I'm like, oh, they forgot about me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I think we, I think we all have that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, th yeah, I think uh, uh, people who act, <laughs> yeah. people who want to be in front of a camera. I mean, I'm using, I do that stream. You know, the the flight simulator stream three times a week, and that really, um, it's not acting in any way. Okay, it's a little bit of acting. But, oh, you put in a mask on, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm putting a mask on. It's not, it's not all me. I don't sit there and talk about, you know, the pol 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 politicians I hate or anything. Mm. Um, That'd be good, though. But it fulfills that need. So it's like, I don't feel like I have to be out there searching for jobs, for acting jobs. I call them jobs, but they're really, you know, most of our jobs are free jobs. So I haven't felt like I need to do, well, theater in a long time, because for... For a couple of years before COVID, I was getting stuff like every other month. Just people would call me. I wasn't looking for anything. They would just call me. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Like like out of focus. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was everything. And it's hard for me. It's hard to go back to theater because it's so much more um, work for so much. Like you do that. You work really hard. You have two weekends, maybe two and a half weekends that you're doing it, and then that's it. And it's that's and they hard. destroy it the next day after the last show. And the, yes, the, yeah. yes, yeah. You yeah. know how many times I was like, you know, we, let's just film this. I mean, we can right. film. You right. memorized it. You have the costumes. You have mm -hmm. the sets. 
but it's a business and it's got that thing got to get teared down for the next show to go up and i okay so when i uh i filmed a lesson before dying did you ever watch that the vlt a lesson before dying no it was about maybe a year ago yeah i remember the ads for it yeah, uh, yeah. my friend was one of the leads mm-hmm. and um he's a guy who i introduced to the vlt i was um working on a show i think it was a uh language archive i believe it was i don't know if you it, it was a while ago mm-hmm. and uh he he moved in with me and i was like i need a lights guy you know and he's like oh yeah whatever dude what do you want me to do i just need you to push this button at these times you know and then so he got into it but he's a good actor he's a good entertainer you know and so you know he got more he got roles and then he got stuff so he's always been called on by the vlt sometimes because he's really good cry on, he can cry on command you know that's how good of an actor he is wow yeah yeah which is i can cry once or twice in rehearsal but once i cry that once or twice never again like my body won't allow me to feel that emotion you know um without it looking fake but like uh so he got me back into it and you know i started doing some stage behind the stage work again you know you know, cause I don't, I don't need to be the actor. I don't need to be the director as long as I'm helping, but I got to film it and I got to do some ads for it. And I was like, this is the idea I've had, you know, like why, right. why don't we film this stuff? And I know you can't sell it and I know you can't do that, but at least for the actors, you know, let the actors see themselves act, you know, like. Right. And the, a couple of the productions I was at at VLT, I did a, some shows on the smaller stage. Now, but, um. What's it the, called? The uh, uh, stage left? Stage left, yeah. Stage left. I did a um, couple of plays there. And I know they filmed them, but they they didn't even show me. Like, they, they filmed them from... And they are copyright. Like, yeah. they, the plays were... You know, they were paying for to do a, a production on stage. So I guess they were worried that they would, you know, that someone would find out they filmed it because I, I, I guess that's against the rules so when they license it or whatever. Yeah, you're not so, allowed to film them. Yeah. Um, People film them in theaters for one day just to have a record. Hey, this is what we did. Right. And it's not right. like what I would do, like five cameras, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like Good lenses filming. where like you yeah. cut, you know, zoomed in on people so I can see their actual expressions. Um, I tried Like to, Hamilton. Yeah. You know, and that was the example. Okay, so. That was beautiful. So to, to yeah. see that done. Oh that my way. God, that yeah, was that like was amazing. I saw it here too. Really? Like, yeah, uh, I did too. Yeah, the first time I saw it, um, uh, it. Oh, it was during COVID. That's why they filmed it. Um, it was yeah. So I saw it when it first came out, and amazing. Yeah, I, I honestly, I would love to try out for one of those parts, you know. But at the same time, that's a lot of work, you know. Like, yeah, I you yeah. know. And I, I do that sometimes. Do you ever just memorize monologues just to see if you can still... You know, that's something I keep thinking I'm going to do. I have a monologue I want to memorize, and I thought of even memorizing it and, you know, putting it to video. But I haven't got there yet. And every time I try, I'm like, oh my god, this is really hard. And it's not a very long monologue. It's the one from Jaws. Oh, really? Where he's talking about the the um, the boat that goes down, and yeah, they're, they're all in the water, and the black guys... You know, you know. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> Amazing monologue. Um, but I haven't got, uh, yeah. It for, uh, monologues are really hard for me. Hmm. Yeah. And it's gotten worse. My memory is just not what it used to be. 
Yeah, I think that's yeah. why I do it is because I know I have a bad memory, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I know unless I, like I did a monologue not too long ago, just because I knew I did this monologue years ago mm-hmm. and I'm like, I did it years ago and it was good. Can I do it again? I know I don't have any of it memorized anymore and I know what it was like six pages, you know, but like I enjoyed that monologue and I want to film it at least. And so like I spent a month while I was doing, you know, editing and and filming on locations to other places. So like, you know, you got the plane rides or the car rides and all that stuff, you know, hotels you're in by yourself and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to memorize some stuff to occupy my time. Mm -hmm. I, I was really excited by it, but then it made me sad because it's like, you know, I'm never going to show anybody this, you know, like I'm doing it, but the good thing about being on stage is you have that audience, you know, they, you can feel them paying attention to you, you know, you can feel, right. you can feel that energy. I don't know if it's yeah. funny, you can hear the laughs. If if it's serious, you know, you can hear the quiet, you know, people just holding on every word you say, you can't see them because the lights are blinding you, you know, but you can feel them. Well, I can't see them because they're not there. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a character man. There's no audience. <laughs> but, but no, I know what you mean. You have that energy to feed off of, <clears throat> which doesn't happen with um, taping things. But I really like the freedom that um, movies, I'll call them movies, they're really digital videos. <laughs> I like the freedom the camera gives you. because you can't talk like this on stage. Mm. You know, you, you can't look straight ahead and say, I got to make some calls because no one will hear you. Yeah. There'll be no one. Will, and I, I love that freedom that you can use more of a range um, with camera. Of, and then it's kind of the opposite thing with stage. You, you're, you don't have to listen to a director. My directors didn't watch the live shows, which I blew me away uh, mm. the, on the very little theater stuff. They, they would not even show up. Really? And I wasn't used to that. I had started, I started doing plays in junior high and the director would give notes after the performance. You know, they would come in and they'd say, that was great, but you know, uh, uh, Doug, you should be doing this and Joel, um, get that damn line memorized and whatever, yeah. you know. And, but at very little theater, they, they left. And I guess they depended on other people in the audience to tell them how it went. I um, think I was I, always shocked. Well, like, I, I wow. think it's that idea is um, once the show's a show, my job is done. That was it. And it's your show now. Yeah. No, I it's mean, the stage it, manager. Uh, stage uh, managers yeah. is, is, is the one running the show now. Yeah. And you guys are the ones in front of the audience. If you look bad, they're going to they're gonna yeah. show that you're bad. Like, it, it was a lot, uh, to me, it was a lot of trust. At first, it, it freaked me out. But then I realized, okay, they're trusting us to do this, right? They're just, there's nothing they can do. During the show, yeah. when I screw up my line, they can't come up and, and help. So I can't call line or I'm nothing. just gone, you know. Yeah, and you, I, no, I was never in a position where you could call line on stage <laughs> <laughs> after dress rehearsal. And going all the way back to remembering lines, we were talking about this a while ago, but um, every stage play I've done, when it came time, I mean, we all, none of us want to put the book down, right? We never want to go off book, but every Every time that day comes, and uh, with a couple directors, it came early. They're just like, no, we're we're not, don't we're not touching the book. If you need a line, ask. And it, it would always amaze me how much we would know. 
not just me, but everyone in the play would be like really close. Yeah, like and, really you know, right there. Just one sentence off, yeah. or like this one sentence stumbles them, you know? Right. But once yeah. they hear it, they're like, "Yeah, I knew that one." Yeah, it, that that always surprised me. It's like you, you usually you know it long before you think that you do. You know, usually it's there. So. Yeah, I've yeah. been trying to get some of my monologues that I like into film that I do. Like, I wanted to do a sketch comedy show, right? And uh, my thought was, you know what I want to do? I just want to do a Shakespeare monologue and a sketch comedy. And that's it. That's it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I, uh, the seven ages of man, you know what I'm talking about? You know? No, I don't. I've never, I don't, uh, I haven't studied much Shakespeare. Oh, that's, okay. That's something I've missed out on. I assume everybody in but Eugene knows Shakespeare, especially you, yeah, you in the theater. Think, right? Oh my God. <laughs> I was so against Shakespeare when I first oh. got into it. I was like, I don't, I don't need this. But then I got into a Shakespeare play and then uh-huh. I played another character and another one. And then I got into a Shakespeare company and then, you know. I, I, oh, that's amazing. I mean, I went to, uh, I was taken to Ashland plays when I was little with my parents would take us down there. So I've always been a fan of Shakespeare and I did Shakespeare. I did a class in junior high. I did a class like two or three times because it was an easy credit. <laughs> we would just read Shakespeare. That was the class. That's cool. So we did that, but I was never in a play. Um, and I never like, like most actors, not most, a lot of actors, like they study the, all the plays because, and I could see why there's so much depth in what he, you know, Shakespeare. I mean, it's like poetry. Yeah. No, I, I liked it too. Um, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's the people also who's in the play with you and the people who are making it happen, you know, yeah, like yeah. I've seen Shakespeare in the park and I know a lot of people who do that and it's very fun. And the the company that I later was working with or from, I don't, I don't know exactly, it was called Fool's Haven. Um, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm the mascot pit photo of it. Oh, nice. So like I have, uh, I w- it was Taming of the Shrew and uh-huh. she really liked the goofiness of my character. And uh, I think she just used it as the the, the logo. Right, know? right. Which is cool. I'm honored, you know. I'm full. So, I mean, I love clowns and stuff. So, mm-hmm. that's cool. I mean, I just, I I like it. Like, I would love to do, like, all the world's a stage, you know what I mean? Like, in this weird, different way than it's supposed to be. Just to introduce Shakespeare again to a new crowd differently, you know. Right. But, never have. Yeah, sometimes... Um... Sometimes I see I see a lot of productions in Eugene where they do a Shakespeare play, but they want to do it completely different. Mm. And it's like if you, they don't always. I'll just say they don't always succeed. No, you know. Mm. I mean, it's great to experiment, but sometimes I want to see the actual play done. Yeah, because that's hard too. <laughs> I'll oh, try yeah. doing the original play. Um. You know, you can do it in a different time period. You can throw it in a different time period. You can do all kinds of different things. But when people really change it, I don't know. It makes it hard. I have a hard time with it. Um, it's weird. Because, like, when they did Romeo and Juliet, uh, when Baz Lar Was it Baz Larsman? The Romeo and Juliet with... Um, Leo. 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 You know, yeah. when he did that, it was the play. Like the lines were ig- almost verbatim. really close. We did it, Romeo and Juliet yeah. in high school when that came out, and so oh cool. Uh, we got to see line for line when that came out uh-huh. and see what they kind of s- trimmed out or whatever, and what they kept in. 
Well, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. right, right. Yeah, no, it was very close, you know, like, and that was a good one. Um, yeah, they've been doing some, I think they did one with Denzel Washington not too long ago. I want to say, was it Hamlet? Oh, it was it, um, I think it was King Lear. Yeah, something like that. Something, one of the really heavy ones. Yeah. One of the really heavy ones. And but, that, that kind of, those kind of parts always blow my mind that actors can do that. Talk about concentration. Um, uh, now I'm forgetting his name. Uh, um, Tom Hardy. You know Tom Hardy? Yeah, yeah. He Bronson. did a show. Yeah. What's that? He played in Bronson and uh, oh. Dark Knight Rises. And Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did one of the uh, classic Shakespeare's uh, as a movie. Now I forget. I don't remember which one. But he said he read it a thousand times to study for it. Mm. So, you know, he really wanted to know. Before he even shot one frame of film. He read the play a thousand times to, you know, to know what he was doing. Dude, that's what I would have to do. <laughs> when, when I was with them. It's so intense. When I was with people in the Shakespeare, I, some people memorized everybody's line. You know, like I would yeah. have people in the back, you know, saying the lines of everybody's on stage, you know, every single part and every single character. And I'm just like, like, I barely know my lines. Like, like, I just want to make sure I have the right line when I start. And then once I start the right line, it should go, it should flow perfectly. But right. if I can't remember the first two lines, then I, my brain just locks up and usually it unlocks when I hear the line before my line. And then I'm like, oh yeah, it's this. And then I get back into it. But memorizing everybody else's lines and Shakespeare, I can't do that. That seems impossible to me um, because I... I have actually tried to make a point of not memorizing lines so that I can react to them. Hmm. You know, I feel like if I know their line, it's harder to have a genuine a, a response. Even when you, even when it's theater, um, I, I think it's hard in theater to have a response. You know, to be in the moment, to to respond as the character, and that's kind of always been my thing. I I, I want to respond to the person. I don't want to just say my line because they said theirs. So. Yeah, I try to, I mean, I'm listening to their lines every night, so I should know them, yeah. but I, I make a point of, like, not really knowing those lines. Not trying to memorize not, everything they're doing. Right, right. Yeah. That'd be a surprise yeah. while you're also on stage, and, you know, I'm, I, I get that. A lot of times, though, I was very busy doing other stuff. Like, I would help create the sets. Mm -hmm. So, like, they used to be, did you go to Lane Community College? I did a long, long time ago. Yeah, I went there for like a year. Year. Yeah. They used to have a thing when um uh, when I was there. It's called Spring Inspirations, and mm -hmm. I think they kind of have it now. I I don't know anymore because I'm not there anymore. But uh, it used to be student written, student produced, student acted shows, and there were small little six to ten minute little things. You know what I mean? And it had a rotating stage, and so like. There'd be a wall between a rotating, and then you would put one set on, it would go on, lights would go off, the stage would go and, and go back up. When I would do that, I would be like in two shows, wow. one, you know, like two different ones, mm -hmm. and then I would also be doing the sets. So if I wasn't in the show, I would be moving the stuff and, and, and setting everything up, and then like the show before mine, I would go down, get in my costume or whatever, come back up get ready to hit the door right when you know i got up and it kept me it kept me not thinking or worrying about anything because i was constantly moving 
But anytime I just stood around and did nothing, I think I got tired and bored, you know? And so like it would show on stage that I was just going through the motions instead of feeling like I need to get there now so I can do my lines. And, but I don't get that thrill anymore, you know? And even if I do shows with people, they don't give me enough responsibility for me to be not bored. You know, I don't want to say disinterested, but like, you know, ADHD, you know, like I, Oh, right. I need that. You need stimuli. Yeah, I need something, you know? And if it ain't, if I'm waiting around, I'm going to try to joke around with people. And I, being I'm, on set yeah. is not the... It doesn't work too yeah. good. <laughs> Quiet on set! Yes. Yeah. Like the last time we did the film festival, <laughs> when we were outside, <laughs> every every two minutes, hey, you guys, you're being too loud. Uh, every two minutes, yeah, that that happens. It, it doesn't work at all if you're doing a play. I, I don't do plays because I, I'm really paranoid I won't be able to remember the lines. Hmm. Um, and I don't like, I mean, it's really uh, big-headed of me, but I don't like r- small parts. And You know, I could do a play that didn't have very many lines. I could do a part. Um, but that always seems, it's, it seems like almost as much work, and then you're not getting to perform yeah. as much. Uh, it's, you have to you know, start in the beginning and be at the end, but all that middle part, you're just you're waiting not, around, taking right, a nap. Right, you're not doing anything. Yeah. Yep. So you got into theater in high school. Junior high, actually. Junior high. I did my first very little theater play um, when I was 14. Oh, really? 14, American Primitive. The One of the guys who did uh, in that play, he was doing sound. I think he was directing it, actually. I think he was directing it, but he also did sound. Like He, did, he, was, he was like you. He <laughs> was doing a ton of stuff, um, and he was missing an arm. And... You might know him later because he was the one-armed man. In The Fugitive? No, oh. in in the uh, the Northwest series. Northwest series. Yeah, with, uh, you know, it was a murder mystery. It, it was a really different TV. I'm totally forgetting the name of it now. I thought maybe someone would remember. But he was known, as, he was also known as the one-armed man in that. And he, and it, um, he wasn't really known at all until he did that part. He also became the head of SAG in Portland. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. With Laura, the, the Laura, this blonde girl named Laura was the one that was murdered. She's murdered in the You're beginning. You're talking about like a the, Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks. Okay. In Twin Peaks. That's yeah. what I was thinking Twin you were Peaks. talking about, but I, <laughs> I didn't know Twin Peaks was, you know, I didn't know where it was filmed. I knew it was in like the Northwest somewhere, but I just. It's either Oregon or Washington. It's, it's in the. I can't remember the exact town, but it is nearby. It's it's near Portland. I think you, they use Portland for the production stuff. Were you a big Twin Peaks fan? I've never watched it. I tried to go back. I tried to watch the new one, and then I tried to go back and watch the old one. Like, I love what they're doing, but I'm totally honest with you, I fall asleep. It's not your thing? No, it's, I love it, mm. but it, the music in the whole, like, pace, it just literally puts me under. Like, I'm hypnotized. Yeah. I just kind of, I just nod off. I I don't know what it is. I think it's brilliant, but I nod off, so I haven't ever gotten through it. I never really watched it when it came out, but then when I saw it later, I recognized a lot of actors. I was like, "Wow, they're young," you know. And right. Then that's, yeah. That's the thing. But I never finished the series, and I never saw the new. You know, Mulholland Drive was supposed to be like a Twin Peaks movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Because oh. David Lynch and it, uh, if you notice, the characters are somewhat like the characters in uh, the the Twin Peaks TV show. It's weird. I don't but know. But that one doesn't put me to sleep. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's it's <laughs> Hollywood a, movie. It's a lot more interesting. Uh, I think David Lynch is one of the is in one of the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Yeah, you probably. Ever, you ever watched? Jay oh, and Silent I love. Bob? Yeah. I love Kevin Smith. He's one of those. He's just counting money. He's like on the set. Oh, it's a Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, and, and he's the, the director, and he's, he's a, just, yeah, Chris Rock. He's yeah. just leave me alone, and he's counting money. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's him. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's funny. I think he's in it somewhere. Probably. Yeah. I recognize his face, like like, but I never was a big David Lynch fan. I'm not saying I don't respect his work or, you know what I mean, like Dune mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, I just, you know, I never really followed directors when I was young. Oh, did he do the original Dune? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Because I'll go on record right now as saying this, and I'm not the first person. That's one of the worst movies ever made. Um, he... Uh, I, I read the book. Yeah, I read the book before I saw the movie, thank God. Because I felt like if I hadn't read the book... I would have no idea who's talking in this scene. Like, who's saying that? And what are they doing? And what is... Like, I, I feel like I wouldn't have had any knowledge of what was going on. Um, and I'm really glad that they're fixing that now. It, it was a studio <laughs> thing. <laughs> and David Lynch and fighting. And there's oh, another people yeah. who were going to direct it. And Oh, I, right. I have read some stuff about it. It was a, what they call a clusterfuck, I yeah. believe. Yeah, that's what they call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is too bad because it's such good material, you know. It's like wow. I remember images of it. I remember I, Sting was good. He was pretty good. The new Dune's coming out. I know. I'm really excited about that. And the last Dune, I was so shocked because I I haven't got. I wanted to go back and read the book again, but you know, it's is bigger than I am, and uh, so I haven't done it. But aren't they in the middle of the first book when they ended the first? That's movie? what I thought. But I don't, I don't read, so I mean, oh, okay. I don't, I've never read Dune. You've never read, okay. Like I don't even remember Dune the movie yeah. that much. I remember certain images of it, and I think if I played it again, I would start re- recollecting some of the stuff. But right. it was, I think, wasn't that in like the early '80s when that came out? Yeah, it was a long time ago. I was a wee lad. I was, I was very high school or just out of high school. Um. Yeah, and the new Dune is—it's just so much better. <laughs> well, I mean, it's written better. It's you know, it's film. The film is incredible. The look is amazing. Yeah, uh, they're really in the desert. They might have been for the old one too. I don't know. Um, yeah, we actually went on the flight simulator. We went to the filming locations, and it—it's just like it's amazing. So is it like Google Earth in the flight simulator? You can go to places that are actually yeah. It's the the new one. It uses it doesn't use Google Earth because it's Microsoft, so it uses Bing Maps. Oh, okay. Which isn't as good, but still, um, it's photogrammetry. It's called so mm. it's photorealistic, so you can go to places and recognize them. I mean, it's not perfect yet. I'm still. I don't think it'll be very long before we won't like you won't be able to tell the difference between a picture, a simulator picture, and a real picture. I think it's really close, and people do take pictures from the sim. And, you know, Photoshop them just a little bit and you, it's like really hard to tell. Well, at first I didn't know it was really a simulator when I watched your stuff. And I was like, oh, really wild. like, wild. I mean, yeah, I want to say it looks real, but at the same time, it doesn't feel real, you know? And then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you look at the things as simulator and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I mean, 
I guess the graphics are getting better and better, you know, throughout time. Yeah, this that's him. Um, for people listening, I do a stream where I fly Microsoft, Microsoft Flight Simulator around the world, Flights with Joel. And when that came out, it blew a lot of us away. There are still people who think, oh, it's a POS because the plane, the planes don't fly perfect. Like they don't, this or that isn't perfect or this isn't perfect or this sims better. But um, they do surveys, you know, to see who's flying what simulator. It's a really small market as it is. Like they're bragging about the fact that they've sold a million copies, mm. whereas other games have outsold movies. You know, they've sold hundreds of millions of these of more of real you know yeah. really big games so just so many um anyway when it came out we were many of us were blown away and there's a lot of there's a lot of technical glitches but it's like it just looks so amazing yeah you know it's just it's addictive i mean yeah do you ever fly drones or anything in real life like um i have flown an airplane oh have you i have a pilot's license Ooh, okay i was yeah. i was wondering if that was the thing is <laughs> when you do simulators are you trying to go up in the planes are you trying to well now when i do a simulator it's i mean it's really for entertainment and for hanging out with people on twitch that's yeah. that's why i do it now um i st when i started i did a i did it because i knew i felt like i wouldn't have the money to fly helicopters ever because it's over twice as much to fly in helicopter as a plane and i really liked helicopters so oh. i started simming to play around with helicopters um well that's not true i started even further back where it was all wireframe almost and i just wanted to land on aircraft carriers but that was like the, it was a it was a combat sim, and you could go around and fight, you know, shoot down planes. All I wanted to do was land on an aircraft carrier <laughs> because that was the challenge, and it was pretty interesting. Um, so then I just started uh, playing with helicopters. But there was a point where I got some extra money, and I said, uh, you know, I want to get my license. My dad started his, and my brother started his, and they never finished. And I just was like, I, I'm going to do this, and I did use the sim a lot. Um, it doesn't, it didn't look like it does now, but it's mm -hmm. still, you know, my instructor would know when I'd practiced on the sim. He's like, yeah, I can tell. Um, he'd say, I can tell you've been practicing on the sim. Stop looking at the, at the instruments and look outside. That's awesome. <laughs> in the real world, you know, you fly out the window in, until you're in a, uh, commercial jet or something. But yeah, so I was, I did get my license and it was amazing. When did you yeah. get it? It's been uh, over 10 years now, oh, like okay. 11 so years So you've been ago. doing it for, uh, you at least yeah. had your, like, yeah, you've been interested yeah. in this for. Oh, I've been interested in aviation since I was a wee lad. I was, <laughs> I was one of these kids that could name, by the time I could drive, you know, I could tell you what airplane was flying over. I can't really anymore, but it's almost always a 320 or a, or a um, 737. <laughs> it's only like two. Do you two go to planes. air shows? Uh, I, you know, I've never been to an air show. I love air museums. Mm -hmm. uh, so I go to air museums. I'm going to one pretty soon. Um, but I still have not been to an air show. I want to. Mm -hmm. I want to. I just haven't gotten to one. Like I om almost went this year to the McMinnville. But I wonder, I, I feel like after the first hour, it might get a little old. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I've been to some when I was younger. Uh -huh. um, a guy I used to work with, he loves going to air shows. And he just, he's all about them. And I'm right. like, I, I, as an adult, I don't know if I'm that interested, you know, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I've also seen and done a lot of things where it doesn't excite me. Like a lot of things don't excite me. Like, I mean, 
I've I've done stuff where you know maybe I'm just not I'm, uh, maybe I'm I don't want to say immune but like like I'm just not interested you know in in just seeing things I'd rather do them I think that's what, like being on stage is I'd rather instead of being an audience member I'd rather be in the cast you know like I'd rather spend all those weeks rehearsing so I can get all this energy out and you know, get whatever out of me, you know, like, so if I'm playing an angry guy, I get a yell and I get a, I get a, you know, get that out of my system and people applaud it instead of get mad, you know, like I was in the military. So like, I have a lot of, like a lot of aggression in me, you know, like, you know, so I mean, like being on stage is I, I get to get that out, but being right. as an audience member, right. it, it's like, eh. I'd rather be on stage or do something else. I think that's a huge part of acting, personally. I mean, they there are a lot of um, corporations and stuff who send their people to acting classes, you know, to, to like, learn techni- acting techniques for different things, especially for sales. Um, but also, if you watch a lot of actors who have become extremely famous, almost all of them have stories that are nightmarish, you know. They, they didn't necessarily have a good upbringing or they, they've gone through a lot of trauma in their life. And it's really therapeutic, I think, mm-hmm. to act. I find it extremely therapeutic. The same with drumming. I mean, I wanted to be an actor in junior high. Then I took up uh, being a musician and I did that for 30 years. And then I, um, about 15 years ago, I got back into acting because he, well, I lived in L.A. for a while. Oh, really? Like, yeah. And you can't, I wasn't... I think I was on the level as far as uh, abilities, but I was not on the level as far as drive and uh, what do they call it? Thick skin. I mean, you you have to be able to um, get to be able to really push through stuff and really want this like worse than anybody um, or get lucky. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of people, and finally, I see a few people saying this: how they're really lucky because. Uh, Oftentimes, it's just being in, you know, yes, I'm an actor, and they meet a director, and they get cast in something because they were in the right place, um, and but not that they don't work hard. Yeah. But that was, in L.A., it was like, you know, if you walk into an audition, it, it could be a whole bunch of major stars at a, this audition, and you're just some guy off the street. <laughs> it's just like the competitiveness. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I just wasn't competitive enough. To do acting in Los Angeles, it's it, a business. It's, it, it's a and it's a weird business yeah. there. Uh, you know, unless unless you're in it and you hook up with the right people. I mean, there's some great people. I met people that are actors and per- do different things and work in Hollywood. I've met a lot of them, and some of them are great. Um, and and you know, if you get on the right, uh, if you get with the right group of people, of course, it's it's awesome. But that's uh. That's luck of the draw, I think. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't have the competitive wheel, but I did, I was fine uh, playing music because as a drummer, I'm not even the, I'm like hiding in the back. So you're heard, but not seen. You're heard, you're seen, but no one pays any attention to you. You know, it's, it's definitely a myth that drummers get all the women because they do not. <laughs> maybe if you're, maybe if you're in the white snake or something and, uh, 30 years. Yeah, I played drums for over 30 years. I did 
at least 25 years, I played for average an eight-hour day. I mean, not eight hours, an hour a day oh, okay. for a, a long, for years and years and years. Because some days I would do five hours and, you know, a, only like one day a week would I not play. But I, I played a lot and um, enjoyed the heck out of it, but also had some tough, I mean, every time a band would dissolve and bands always dissolve, yeah. it would be heartbreaking every time. And the last time it happened, it was just like, Oh no, I don't think so. That's I how I am with movies. Put them away. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. It's just kind of the same. Um, unless, and that's why I think maybe that's why people are always looking for their next project right away. Right there. I get. Like, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know. I. This is how I see it. Like I, I, I didn't really grow up in the civilian world. I don't feel. You know, mm -hmm. my yeah. parents were in the military. My step parents were in the military. My brother's parents in the military. I hated the military. It was just, you know, I, it, it wasn't like what you saw on television. You don't have a home, you know what I mean? You don't have a right. hometown. You don't have yeah. your family, your cousins with you. You don't have, you know, all these people that are part of the upbringing of your parents in my life, because mm -hmm. my parents decided to join something that moves them around the world, you know, right. the United States right. at least, you know, but when you join the military, you, you're probably going to go around the world. And, um, I hated that. And I, you know, I always wanted to, to stay, you know, have a hometown, mm -hmm. you know? And I tried to, like, I tried to make it before, like make, you know, like a family, a little home around wherever, even in Eugene, like the film people or even the theater people. They have their own cliques, and I want to be a part of it, but I feel like I'm too late to the party to be, like, really close to people. Like, everybody has their high school friends, and everybody has the people that they've known since they were kids, and I know them now as an adult, and it's like, there's certain bonds you're not going to get past with other people, and, you know, maybe they're already on their guard because they've met people, you know, before that have talked a good game and then never delivered. And a military person, I felt like I was always trying to work on a team, you know, like it, it was always a team sport, even in the military, you know, like you had platoons and you had squads and you had companies oh, right. and everything's like you work together. When I got out finally and I started living on my own and I started meeting civilians on their own, you know, like going to community college and all this stuff, I realized it's a lot about individuals instead of teams. And I was always in this portion of, you're not going to do anything big unless you work together, you know, like that, that's really, it's hard not to get out of something if you're not having a group effort, like to do it by yourself, you're going to have to scam a lot of people to get them to do the things for you. Right. And then you're going to leave and you're going to get prosperous most likely. And all the other people are going to be like, well, what happened? I lifted you on my shoulders and you left, you know, and it's just very, it was very weird for me. And so mm -hmm. like at a point after getting burnt many times, I felt like I just had to stop. It's like, I don't want to make another band, you know, like I love playing drums. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'll play drums by myself. You know what I mean? Maybe one day at a party, somebody will have some drums and I'll, I'll, I'll play some things for you. But to commit, to make a brand new thing, to make 12 new songs to to go out into clubs together and to maybe even travel and play it just seems way too much now like i'm too old i'm too tired like i've been burnt we never get past an album you know what i mean maybe we might make an album 
but after, there's so much bad blood behind that album, I don't even want to listen to the album no more, you know? Oh my God, I totally know. I, I do know. Even when it ends, I mean, there's several albums I'm really proud of, um, and the people I'm still... Um, I mean, I'm not in contact with them, but I don't have any hard feelings about our time together, but it, it's it just like, it always ends so quickly. And, uh, you know, so you're in a band and suddenly someone goes, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to you know, raise a family or some crazy thing. And uh, it makes sense yeah. for them. Yeah. It's, it's just like, but we just put five years into this or whatever it is, sometimes 10 years. Um, and I did at, at one point just decide, whatever, I'm going to just do it for money. And literally, so I would just get into, into bands that were, um, you know, that had gigs that paid. So cover bands. Now, now they call them tribute bands. <laughs> when I was younger, it was cover bands. But uh, so... I did that for a while and actually enjoyed the heck out of it. It was it was fun. It always felt a little better when even if you got twenty bucks at the end of the night, at least you got paid to, your gas to get there and stuff. Um, and I I mean I did the the videos I did on YouTube. It was really just to release, just to be doing something. Yeah. You know, you said you saw some of those videos. Mm -hmm. It was just like, well, I've got this studio, and I I really put this together to do an album, and then you know. I haven't had much of an opportunity to do that since. I have done a lot of uh, overdubbing drums, or I was. Mm. It's been a while, but um, for a while I was working with a, a company that did mastering, and we did a lot of projects where I replaced drums, and I thought that was fun. And I just did, I did it right here, and it was always sound way better, you know, than their their um, robotic track. They would yeah. just have a track that was there for the song. Yeah. So that was a lot. I that was a lot of fun. I did enjoy it, but then I got I chronic pain issues. First, my shoulders, mm. then my back, and that really put me out. It really put me out of it. I have just recently started to work through it. Like I found a book that's really good. I can't even remember the name of it. Mm. Um, <laughs> I wish I could because I would say it on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but it's about how most chronic pain is in your head. And it doesn't mean you don't have pain because your brain will make pain. But they are, they're doing studies with uh, MRI. Is it MRI? Brain scans. They're doing brain scans on people um, to find out like different levels of pain. And like when you just uh, broke your arm, for instance, and it hurts really bad, and then normal pain, normally that'll go away in so many weeks, right? And you'll be out of pain. Well, for people with chronic pain, it actually moves to a different part of the brain, hmm. which shows them, okay, the brain is not coming from an injury. I mean, it, that's not where it's coming from. It's still pain. Your, hmm. your brain's still going, you hurt, you hurt, but it's not an injury. So uh, that's helping. Just knowing that is helping and working through that, that book is helping where I can actually talk to the pain and say, you don't exist. You're not real. Um, and it's working. So I might, Get back on the drums, but yeah, like I made some drum hits for my pop, for my stream. Oh, that's nice. That I play. That, that's fun. I yeah. had two things. One, uh, one was about the drums. Is like, have you ever thought about making loops and selling those? I have thought of. I, I'm vaguely. I mean, I've actually had asked other people have asked me that. There's a lot of those out there. So yeah. I feel like without being a famous drummer, it's pretty hard because oh. you know, like uh, um, Aerosmith's drummer made a loop a loop CD. 
Mm. It's like, well, that's what people want. They're going to want that, you know, and it's, I, yeah. I guess. I don't know. So, I, yeah. I play with samples a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to, you know, I did sound editing before I did video editing. Mm-hmm. And um, I would take people's loops and drums and, and rearrange them and, and stack them or whatever. So, like, say you had a, a, a snare that you liked and I wanted a little bit of extra, you know, maybe a cymbal or something behind it. I would layer it over, you know what I mean, and add yeah. that extra yeah. sound. Um, but I just found that that was, especially with making music, real drums is like valuable. Like the, the fake, you know, like 808s and all the stuff that I get to play with. Mm-hmm. It just does it sounds too robotic-y. It doesn't sound like it's a, a person playing. It sounds like it's a machine playing. And like, I, I can notice that. And I, I feel like if I can notice it, then it's. And there's a problem, you know, like you yeah. shouldn't be listening to that. You should just be feeling and grooving with it. But if you can go, ah, oh, this kind of sounds too robotic, kind of gets you out of the whole music and the whole song is kind of pointless because now you're just deconstructing the song instead of just listening to the song. Well, of course I agree with that being a drummer yeah. I <laughs> every time. And there was a big shift. You know, there in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of drum machines used. And people were, well, people are still doing this, which annoys me. They align the drums. You're probably familiar with this, being a sound engineer. They will, the live drum tracks we hear now, um, especially for like uh, pop artists, they will be aligned. So they're perfectly in time. Mm-hmm. Like if, if a tom is slightly off it's not acceptable anymore for some reason yeah. I, I i don't quite get it because you just are making it less human but um you know i come from the 70s 60s and 70s and you listen to uh, a lot of the especially zeppelin albums where they don't keep the tempo they're yeah. obviously not playing to a click track because it speeds up and slows down you know it changes there's one uh, stevie ray vaughn tune where it's really obvious there, you know, there's it's one changing. part of the song. Dun, 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 I mean, it just like really picks up, and so what? It's Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> you know? I think no it, one cares when you have um, individuals actually playing the music together. Um, you guys can feel each other. It's that energy, like on stage. You know, I can feel the audience or whatever. So you yeah. guys feel if your intensity is going more or or down or whatever. And so you guys can adjust during that moment. And you know, it might you may know it's a little off, and you guys change a little bit. But the audience members who are listening to it, they're just going with the wave. They're, they're mm-hmm. feeling the vibe. And but nowadays is if you have everything perfectly computer you know what i mean like timed out how it is and one thing's off and it's just more noticeable because you're not working together you're you're just you're playing to something that's mathematically perfect right and then you have to put those little little anomalies you know like the little skips or whatever into it to make it sound like it's not perfect make it yeah yeah it's weird it it is weird and there i mean there are exceptions there are producers like peter grabriel who's a genius at doing that i mean he gets he he'll take 10 years to do an album and he'll have musicians he'll have like five different drummers play on a track and then he will pick which parts he likes Mm -hmm. and and so a track might have several different drummers on it it still sounds like drums you know you you can't tell you have no idea but uh i can't remember which one it was there's one famous track where it's like the hi-hat is stuart copeland and and other parts are 
you know, there's like three different drummers playing the part. But anyway, and each one's so, mic'd differently, so yeah. you can just grab this so hi hat and right. So you well, they're all right. Everything's very um, um, isolated, so they can he can get what he wants out of it. Yeah, uh, it's it's wild perfection yeah. you know yeah like that, that with technology how it is in computers things get better and better and better and so everything that's not the the standard now looks off like have you ever tried to watch like 80s tv or 90s television i can't even watch current tv well <laughs> i'm so i'm so like after watching shows like the sopranos and breaking bad yeah and even maybe game of thrones where they're they're like a film and then you try and watch something like, uh, at least for me, I try and watch something like NCIS, and it's just like, well, this is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. I had to edit one of those for uh, a class. They gave you NCIS footage. Oh, wow. And, uh, two different takes. Uh-huh. And they, they judge you on your editing and if you choose the right takes for the stuff. And, you know, I tried to, you know throw both takes in to like make continuity still work you uh -huh. know? and it uh -huh. worked you know what i mean but it, it you know it wasn't my class and it wasn't my grade but you know as an editor i like to just i could do it i, I can i can add both of these type of you know cuts into it and oh yeah it was like yeah. a 95 percent i got on the uh, on the, the edit or whatever uh -huh. but just looking at their footage too you're just like oh god I wish I wasn't polished. I wish I was editing something like Mad Max Fury Road, where it's like, it just looks beautiful. Like you have like the shots and the movements and it's planned out and everything's storyboarded. So you're not guessing, you're not. I've asked a couple people doing their small films. And, and you, you were talking about that before, how in the military, you know, you, you feel like a team. On big films, you have to be a team. You but know, you're getting paid if you're on a, a film with a budget, you have to be a team. There's no, if you're not on the team, you're gone. You know, it, it's not, films aren't made with two or three people. They're made with hundreds, films and TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I've, there was a TV show shooting in Portland that I heard from many different people that worked on it, that how terrible it was to work on. And I just thought, why do they keep doing it? Was it grim? Um, no, Grimm was awesome. Hmm. Uh, Grimm, I heard the opposite. I, yeah. I knew uh, several actors that worked on Grimm and some people that did uh, effects or some, some, some other work there. And they all said Grimm was an amazing set. Uh, it was the one with um, all the... Uh, it wasn't supposed to be Portland. It just Portlandia? was being filmed in Portland. Oh. I, haven't, I didn't know anybody on Portlandia. I can't remember the name of it. It was like these team of people that solve problems it was, uh, you would know if I remembered the freaking name, you would know who it was. Anyway, um, it just always amazes me when people who, you know, treat people badly get to keep working. It's, it's annoying. Uh, it's business but, uh, though. Yeah. Most people yeah. who own businesses it's aren't business. really nice to people. You know, like I've noticed that like, like in, sometimes you can't be nice to people because, you know, it, I don't know. Like, I felt like of all the business people I've worked with, if I would have ever done anything that most of these people do to succeed, people would hate me. And I but feel, they, yeah. I, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want people to hate me. Mm -hmm. I want people to work with me and I want them to like me. I, I, that's the theater part of me. It's like, I will do it for free 
as long as we can get it done and we can complete it and then grow from it and keep on moving on. Um, yeah, I, I've tried that many times. You know, I've tried, well, I'll work on your stuff. But uh, one day, hopefully, you'll work on mine. And then whenever it's my turn to do an idea, it's it's eh, I just don't feel it. I don't feel like doing that. And it's like, well, I didn't feel like doing yours. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not like you gave me much. And, you know, from what I get out of it, people liked what I did in it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, but I don't know. I I don't know what's up with people. It's It's really confusing. Like. I, I've written many scripts, you know, I, I used to even do a stage writing class and we used to do that, you know, um, spring inspirations where we would write stuff and, and like, so it's not like I've never done it before and it's not like I haven't done lights and sound mm-hmm. and all It's like, I have an idea and a picture and people believe me, but yet when I ask them to do stuff, they're like, yeah, I don't feel it. It's like, why, why? If I think it would be a good idea and you trust me, why can't we do it? Like. I've done a lot of dumb things for you. Like, I have a hard time just asking people to do stuff. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, sometimes I'm working on, well, I might be working on a thing now. I don't know if it's happening or not, but we, we shot some stuff and we're supposed to shoot more. Who knows if it'll happen? But it, the director was saying, do you know anyone that wants to work on this? I know a lot of people that work in hmm. this stuff, but do they want to work for you for free? Yeah. and I, don't, I can't ask them that. You know, I don't know. It's really hard I, when you have I a family know. and you have a house and you have, you know, all this stuff that you have to do for your every day to be like, yeah. hey, can you just stop what you're doing? And I and thought I thought it yeah. was possible because the theater people do it. You know what I mean? That's true because they're really... And they do it yeah. 20 yeah. times more times than any film people I've ever seen yeah. do anything. And it's like, well, I know there's a community of people who will do stuff just to get it done and just to get it off their chest. But like to move that over to film, it, 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 I thought it would be easy, but it was extremely hard, you know? I think it's tough too, because like you say, business, I mean, film, you are like, what are they? I don't know. In theater, they know they're getting nothing out of it, but the, th- the experience of theater, they already know it. And most of the theaters here, like Lane and like very little theater and like the, like five other theaters, OCT and all, them. Yeah. all those guys, they've been around forever. Right, so they have a lot of of um, of backing behind them. I mean, you can show up to those theaters, and and pretty much everything's there, and you can go to work. Yeah, uh, and they're you know they're even paying for the um, for the plays and all that kind of stuff. But when you're doing these projects like we do, they just want, people just want you to show up and do work that's way harder. It's much harder to do film, uh, especially the work that you you know the behind the scenes stuff is a lot more. Intense, yeah. I'll say, than I, I think, than theater is in just a lot of different ways. Uh, and so it's hard to do that and say, okay, we're all going to do this for a month, right? We're all going to show up here for a month every night at, at uh, six to nine. I don't know how you get people to do that. I mean, that, that, and to yeah. me, that's, that would work better if we could do that. And that, that showed up with several projects we've started that then just fizzle out i have done a couple of features and i'm amazed at the people who finish them mm-hmm. i'm not going to say what they are i don't care about people watching them mm. but uh i'm always amazed that people get that done it just blows my mind you know what i so. want to do speaking of like not watching your own stuff is i've always wanted to sit down with people and like uh 
put out the stuff that they've done mm-hmm. and kind of like mystery science theater 3000 it where you just kind of just rip you rip just it, rip it apart. just rip it apart you, you know i mean like <laughs> like you're making fun of yourself right. and you know like right. at the end of the day like you know you have the right to just be like uh-huh. why is my character doing this you know like you know or whatever you know like just have fun with it you know right like i like my gallery like i don't see it very often but like i showed it to a friend of the family who came up from california last week mm-hmm. and um she she knows really nothing about me um i haven't seen her since i was like beginning high school you know what i mean and uh she came up to visit my mom they were navy friends and um i showed her my gallery and i was like oh yeah you know um and you just see all these different videos just just like god how many things have you done it's there's like, a lot there it's like that's not even all of them that's yeah. just like the podcasts and the twitch and the the gameplay that's just fun things that we've done you know like mm-hmm. and you know if you're really interested you click that and you see all the rest of them on its own youtube like when i own the multiverse well when i when i own the vr shop like we had to try to advertise for it, you know what right, I mean? Right. And so I'm an editor, so I'm like, hey, let's just film us playing and let's edit this stuff and try to put interest in these games and show people that it's fun and it's not hard. And then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, what else am I going to do? I'm going to sit in the building waiting for customers. I'm going to try to find customers. You know, you know, make interest. You know, people want to play VR. But at the same time, do they want to come here and play VR, you know, mm-hmm. and is it worth coming here to play VR? So we're like, well, let's just do videos, you know, and, you know, I don't think anybody's going to ever watch them again, right. and, but we have like, we had nothing to do, you know, it, it helped my editing skills. Oh yeah. yeah. It helped us being in front of a camera, you know right. what I mean? And right. mic'd up and, and then we also got to have fun and play games. You know, that's what the, the Twitch is all about. I mean, I mean, except for, I mean, some people are trying to make a living at it, but that's why I do it just because it's a lot of fun and you build a community and stuff. And if you, you guys could have gone on there and probably done really well, um, um it's a different experience, but you could have just gone on for an hour every morning and well, said, we, we did know, it late at guys. night after everything was closed. Oh, okay. Cause I didn't, you know, and, and I, I filmed it. Well, there's a lot of times where, cause I always thought it was better to see the person play while you saw the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of just do it without open hours. So it was like a lot of them were like midnight to like one in the morning. Um, we do Twitch now with a friend who um, I've been doing film stuff forever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So every Saturday on Twitch, we do something on his channel and uh, it's not top 10 gaming. So we play just games that aren't popular, you know, and, uh-huh. and right now, like, we utilize that. I'm just, I'm not really trying to, well, I, I want it to be big because that's just me in general. Right. But I haven't really contributed much to make it big. You know, like, I'm not designing anything. This is right. kind of his thing. And it, yeah. usually I just show up and play games with him. And you don't even see my screen, you know what I mean? Like, it's just us talking uh-huh. and bullshitting around while he, while you watch his screen play. And, you know, hopefully I, I run in front of his camera a couple of times so you can see me. So you can right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I call him the cameraman, you know, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, I, I like those. I just, I think I've filmed so much mm-hmm. and done so much that I'm just, 
you know, I want to do something, but I know how much work it is, especially doing it by yourself. Like I'm designing cartoons for it right now with him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the Adobe package. So I also have character animator. So uh-huh. they have puppets that you can make, uh, drawings. And so we just said, cause he's doing the Microsoft 365 videos with the same program. Oh yeah. Okay. And, um, and so we were like, well, why don't we make this for our, our streaming channel, you know? And so I designed some puppets and he's animating the puppets and we're doing like a, a coffee break, you mm-hmm. know, like a little cartoon so we can uh, go get coffee without having the stream stop. You know what I mean? I am so lucky. I have a guy, uh, I always fly with a group of people. So one of them who's a moderator on my stream kind of takes over the camera while I go on breaks Hmm. and he does some amazing and they've just started doing sometimes they do an air show while I'm on break you know they'll fly formations and smoke and do all that fly low fly low passes um so it's it's a I'm really lucky to have it's really amazing so is the game the simulator have multiple people in it so like if I wanted to fly at my house on your simulator thing, we can both fly. Yeah, that's what we do. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's why I do it. Oh, that's it, awesome. Because I got bored flying alone. Yeah. So when I got bored flying alone, first I did YouTube videos. I was like, oh, I can um, make some videos. That'll be something to do. Um, and then when I found Twitch, I don't remember how I found it, but I saw a lot of other people doing this on Twitch. And I thought, well, this is kind of more interesting than a YouTube video because other people can talk to me and you know on the chat yeah and uh it's just more and it's live so when i screw up everyone gets to watch and so that now it's been i mean i've been doing it almost three years and now there's about there's about 20 people that usually fly along and it's different people um and you know 20 to 40 people watch which is compared to three is huge. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's huge. There was three when I started. Yeah, if you can um, continue to get know. at least twenty per, people per views at live, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's that's impressive in my like because it will always grow from there. If you can yeah. keep people's interest, you know, then they pass it along. I didn't, you know, I didn't know you did Twitch. What was your handle? Flights with Joel. Flights with Joel. Okay. Twitch.tv slash flights with Joel. Yeah, I'll put that in my phone. Oh, I thought you had seen that. I thought that's what you meant. No, I saw it the you YouTube. You saw the YouTube stuff. Yeah. yeah. I do those completely different. I do those more like, you know, showing off a plane usually. And I edit I saw those. a Hilo last, a helicopter. Yeah. One of them, I think it was like a yellow one. Probably the R66 that I just did. Yeah. The new one. And so those are harder. Because, I mean, that's what I love about Twitch too. It's live. I just go. Do you record you know, I, your Twitch? I do. I don't have to record it. They they keep it. Oh, I was going to say, because you can put it on yeah. YouTube as well. I can, but it never does much on YouTube. Oh, does so it? So it's kind of different. I just do it as different things. Mm. Um, once I get larger, maybe people would watch it. But I've put a few up when I did, because I did some, I tried to do beginning lessons for um, imaginary helicopter pilots, <laughs> and uh, nobody really watches those. The It's a whole different marketing thing when i put up a video as you know as a youtube video i don't know it's a different audience and Mm. it's just now gotten to where most of the people who watched like that helicopter video are from google Mm. so because i put enough of them up i guess the youtube has finally went oh people might be interested in this and they put it in their recommended and you know you can see where people are coming from so it's just now getting to that point but i still do you ever put ads up? 
Uh, I don't. Yeah. I, I have a lot of opportunity to advertise on Twitch. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not, actually, if you're not um, subscribed, they will advertise to you. And they give me like three cents nice. for an ad, something yeah. like that. It's, it's better than YouTube. YouTube gives you nothing. Yeah. I have to have a thousand followers to get a dime. Oh, yeah. On Twitch, 50. Yeah. That's why, I, one of the reasons I did it, I'm like, well, at 50 followers, they'll start to pay me. I think I'll try that. Yeah. Um, so I do get, you know, I don't, it doesn't pay for the stream because I spend so much money on different things for the stream. Mm. Um, but at least it's something to say, oh, but people are interested. People are watching, you know, it's, it's a, this is great. And yeah. And people have bought me stuff and given me, people are just starting to developers to give me aircraft and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. That's I checked that out. I, I only go into Twitch for people that I know. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't, uh, look around. You know what I mean? Totally know what you mean. Because if you look around, it gets weird fast. Yeah. So <laughs> and th there's kind of things that I found that like fast. DJ Jazzy Jeff will uh -huh. play, you uh -huh. know what I mean? His turntables and yeah. it just be him rocking with his turntables and music. And it's like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad I found that, you know? Right. But like like timbaland he would do a class on twitch back in the i don't know if he still does oh, it yeah but he would teach people how to record and stuff and then he'll mm -hmm. judge people's stuff live stream you know and he would just be sitting there while somebody controls a lot of the the computer stuff for him oh right and then because he, he's know, massive oh yeah, yeah yeah and but but like so i i I've found people like that but usually it's like hi i'm a girl in a bikini playing video games Wanna yeah. watch me in a hot like, tub yeah yeah i'm just like, like you know no a slippery slope. No, no. I I know a lot of people who do what I do. You know, I've I've um, watched a lot of them, and they help me grow. They help me stay. You know, introduce people to my channel. And I got to meet them last year in Houston at a flight simulator conference. So oh. that was just amazing. Like all these people that I'm kind of fans of, uh, all got together, and it was like we knew each other, which was weird. You know, we'd never met. And everyone looks different because they're not, you see this much of them like what we got here. That's how much they see on Twitch. Yeah. And so suddenly I'm seeing the whole people and one of them's like six, five. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking up Holy crap. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it was interesting, but it was really fun. So well, that awesome. part's cool too. Yeah. It's a whole community that just kind of blew my mind. So that's the good yeah. thing about the internet, but also the bad thing, you know? Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's good and bad and i yeah it i totally get why people don't do social media but i get i find a lot of people of in i find out a lot of things on social media you know i get most of my acting stuff has come from facebook some either telling about an audition or or people contacting me through there or whatever you know when i go to sites that are supposed to give you jobs i never get anything it, yeah. it just like Get you have you to give nothing. them their information and sometimes yeah. you have to pay some yeah and, yeah that, see nothing. that's why i wanted to make and a I, production company yeah. in eugene mm -hmm. it's like how many people do you know just want to act how many people do you right. know that just want to play music yeah how many people do you know that want to just write and it's like hey if i can pay you know at first it was like i didn't think about paying i thought if we built something we could pay you know make money together mm -hmm. but now i'm in the idea of like no you have to pay people like, like, and then there was a point where I was saving up to pay people, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that didn't end up having, you know, having a kid and stuff like that. You oh, know? right. And, and it's difficult because you want to, 
it doesn't make sense to pay people unless you've got uh, you might get paid yeah. and so you have to be thinking of marketing and stuff which you know i don't really do a lot of marketing so my channel could grow way quicker if i did more yeah but uh it's like i do so it's <laughs> i spend my days off you know figuring out what i'm going to do the next day and telling people about that so it it's kind of a lot of work it's, it a, is. it's a lot of work and the same with youtube i would have to on my youtube channel you'll notice it's just my name but if i wanted it to really grow i would turn it into my you know a flights with joel channel and i would promote it yeah promote the heck out of it um but it it just doesn't i don't know it doesn't are you scared to be enough. popular no it's more about the um What's, well, probably fear of success is part of it. Well, um, because once you noticed, everybody notices you, the good and bad. You know exactly. what I mean? Like I do know what you mean because I live stream on Twitch. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so just it's like, like yeah. Sometimes sometimes people, you're putting will, yourself... people will show up and you're putting yourself out there, and, yeah. and it's just like, oh my god, what am I doing? Why am Why am I talking to this guy? What? Is, uh, yeah. That's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. I think that's why I I don't try to promote myself, is because I don't. I don't want to be a target, you know, mm -hmm. and I know whatever faults I have, you know, and so I know if I know my faults, then I don't know how visible my faults are to other people and I don't know how people will respond to me, you know, like in high school, people bullied you. Well, I don't yeah. know about you, but people bullied me. And so the idea of being invisible was a lot better than being noticed. Being invisible, I won't get bullied as much. Right. Being noticed, right. oh, I'm more of a target for the people who want to look better, you know, by picking on me, you know? And so I, I thought of that, you know, I was in the Marine Corps and I, I was very, look at me, look at me, I'm behind everything. Look at this explosion behind it and videotaping stuff all uh -huh. the time. I had this one Marine just like, would you just stop? Why do you always, you know, you know, when a camera's out or a video camera's out, you uh -huh. always act a fool. And my thought was, when you look at this 10 years from now, you're going to see me do this weird thing in your video camera and it's going to make you laugh. Right. That's my thought, right. you know? His thought is, you're ruining my shot. You're ruining the, the thing that's about to happen mm -hmm. by doing something stupid. And... And then I thought to myself, well, maybe I should stop trying to be the center, not the center of attention, but like, you know, a, a paid attention. Like, you know, if people want to pay attention to me, they will. And stop trying to force myself, I guess, in front of people. And well, then I, I have this trouble with the podcast because I would like to grow it. I'd like it to be bigger. And I would like, like I have this fantasy of getting celebrities on the podcast. And now that I've seen someone in Eugene who has a lot of celebrities in their documentaries. It's like, well, this is possible, but he told me what he does to get a celebrity on. And it's like really hard. And then there's all these obligations. Like, I think I saw know, the someone, interview. If someone has a, yeah. So he, you saw that, maybe you saw that piece. He's talking about he would ask all these people and Nine, ask them over and over. Over and over. And over. He, He'd have a list of 90 people to get one or two. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I saw that. That's incredible. I was really in, impressed. And I, you know, I just thought that's awesome. Do I really want to do that? And then there's that other side of it that, yeah, if you, if I keep, if it grows so much that a lot of people are watching and I'm just here, um, you know, talking out of my sphincter all the time, then someone's going to take offense and, you know, want to take a, 
take a uh, uh, baseball bat to my mailbox or something. Something, you, you know, know be, yeah. Even though I don't have a mailbox, but well, it's already <laughs> gone. <something>. That's what... <laughs> already happened. <laughs> but no, I so I get it. It's it's tough. I mean, it's this is fun to do. It would be more fun if I could grow it to the point where I could pay other people to do right. half of, to do the work. You know, because there is a lot of work um, setting up and editing and all these things. Well, see, so, the thing yeah. is, that's good for you at least is you're documenting all these people you know what i mean and yeah, like yeah. maybe one day or maybe today i'm not a nobody you know what i mean but maybe two years from now i'm like uh, under i'm i'm aladdin i'm the you know the jewel you know uh, that's out of the sand or whatever you want to call it you know um and then you're like hey look i got an interview from this dude two years ago you know like i have you know, I didn't need to find famous people. I just need these people to be seen. You know what I mean? And one day they're going to be famous probably. And I have an interview about them where they're talking about how insecure they are in front of stage, you know, or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. conversation we have, you know. Yeah, that's actually, that's true. But there's a point to that. There's a, yeah, there are people that are probably going to go far that I've interviewed already. And there's other people that are like, if they ever finish that project they were talking about. Yeah, it's <laughs> so could, hard. I could promote that podcast a little bit. Um, it is. It's tough. It's tough. And that's actually kind of a good place to segue into the ending because uh, it just is. We've been talking a while, which is cool. It only seems like it's 20 minutes. Cool. I know. It's been a little longer than 20. Wow. About two hours. Really? <laughs> it's just... Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, but it's been awesome talking to you. Well, thank I'm you. Really glad I had you on the show. You know, I always say maybe we'll maybe we'll be back do it again if if I keep going. I'm trying to keep going. I enjoy the hell out of it. You should. Yeah. I mean, I, enjoy the hell out of it. Like I was telling, I have a, a CPR business that I'm I work with, and and I was telling them like. Hey, the only way your business will ever fail is if you stop doing your business. You may not be get pulling out the numbers you want right now, um, but if you stop, you will never pull those numbers. If you do it, one day something might happen, the planets align, and somebody sees this one thing, and then it starts opening up the floodgates to viewers or or customers or whatever the hell it is, you know? But yeah, people. <laughs> I get solicitations sometimes, probably fake, um, where people want to because they see whatever it is, either the Twitch or the YouTube channel or something, and they want to send me customers. Mm. And I'm just like, but I don't, just, I don't need customers because that's not what this is. Yeah, I don't know. It's always, always interesting. It, it's always interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to do the... We're going to wrap this up now, and I'm going to say... Uh, you've been listening to... Were you still talking? This is Joel Albrecht, and I've been talking to Chris... Chris White! Sorry. <laughs> it's like White far. Christmas. It is like White Christmas. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, hopefully I will back, be back again soon. I have a lot of ideas for guests, but I don't have anybody booked yet. But I'm going to try and do more podcasts in 2024. That's one of my goals. It's not a resolution, just a goal. Thanks for listening, and as I always say, be good to each other, and be good to yourself.